0: And listen, I just, I just, I'm excited to be here today. I just love gathering with this community. There's nothing better that I love more than being with our church family, both here in Lithopolis and also in Lancaster. Can we just welcome our Lancaster campus? Would you help me here in Lithopolis if you're here online? And uh, if you're new with us, I just wanna, I wanna greet you and welcome you. My name's Tim, lead pastor here. And for the last several weeks, we've actually been in a series, of conversation about love and i know this about you you want to be loved we all want someone to love and we want to be loved god made us with the capacity for love do you know that like of all the things that god created there's something unique about you that god made you with the ability to love and, and the need for love there's something about it that out of the flow of that comes our relationships and the things that matter most to us people matter most to us do you know that? can I just tell you, you're going to live in one house and then it's going to get old and you're going to move to another house and you're going to buy one car and then it's going to get old and you're going to buy another car and you're going to go through life can I tell you what matters more than any of that more than your job, your career, how much money you'll ever make it's the people around you it's the community that you have around you it's the the one you share your life with and so we've been talking about what love is asking that question because there's nothing more painful than when we go through uh, broken hearts and when love does not does not come through like we think it is and so we're trying to learn a new definition for love and so I, I would love to just read to you if i could just just one verse out of our roadmap for this series we've been in first corinthians 13 trying to ask god show us what love really is so that we can love like he loves us and and i want to read just one verse we looked at part of it last week we're going to look at the second half this week 1 Corinthians 13, 5, talking about love, says, It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Can we talk about the second half of that today? That's the hard part. Love does not get easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Today, I want to talk about offense. I want to talk about dealing with offenses because here's what I know. If you are in relationship with anybody, there is going to be a time when you're going to get angry. There's going to be a time when you're going to be offended. And the question is, what do we do with those offenses? It makes all the difference in the world in our relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm excited about it. But I know before we dive into this that we're going to need to pray for God to give us the grace to be able to handle this. So would you bow your heads and just join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for... The grace that you're now giving us to be able to love like you love, to be able to live in relationship the way God you've called us to live. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would just give us, Lord, a, a spirit of understanding. You would give us an open hearts. So I pray, God, where there have been challenges in our relationships, God, where there has been pain in our relationships, in our marriages. Father, I'm praying right now and asking God that you would do a work that only you can do. God, in the places you need to touch in our hearts. Lord, the offenses that maybe we've wrestled with. God, I pray that you would give us new eyes to see. That you would open our hearts, God, to experience uh, what you have for us today. God, we thank you for your grace. And we would now set our hearts to receive what you have for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Come on, let's thank God for our time here together. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. I want to welcome you. It's it's an honor to have you here today. You know what I've, I've noticed, and this is kind of interesting when I think about life and I think about culture and I think about what Paul said. Paul, Paul said that love does not get easily angered. Have you ever noticed that in our culture today that people are angered and offended all the time? Does it, is it not, is it me or does it just feel like that that everybody is offended all the time. I I don't know what it is. It seems like that people have really, really thin skin these days. In fact, there was a poll that I just read about that was taken last year. They asked thousands and thousands of Americans about offense, and here's what they discovered. 81% of Americans think that people are offended too easily. How many of you would agree with that? Raise your hand if you think people are offended too easily. I just think you, you can say anything, and today it's, it's offendable. Anything you say. I mean, you can say the nicest things. And when I think about social media, when I think about the way social media has changed things, you, you could just go out there and you could post today on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter is the cesspool of all human uh, life is on Twitter. That's why I'm not on Twitter anymore. It was so negative. I was like, I got to get out of this. Okay? Like, I'm just telling you, Twitter is awful. I, I mean, the, the, the devil owns Twitter, Inc. Let me just tell you. And you could go in there and post, God loves you. Someone's going to get offended. What are you telling me? You tell me there's a God? I don't know that I believe there's a God. And Why would this God ever love me? I'm offended that you would even think that I would believe. And it's like, holy cow, I was just trying to say that I think there's a God and he loves you. But that's okay. You know, we're so easily offended today. And you know, what I've discovered as a pastor, and I've discovered this in ministry and dealing with people. That's what a church is. Church is not a building, but it's a community. It's the people. What I've discovered is that, I will try my best to just speak life and encouragement and things that I believe God's word speaks to us about the best way to live. And you know what I found? People get offended. People are offended all the time. I take people off all the time. I have no idea how I got that incredible <laughs> gift and ability. You stick around long enough, I promise you I'll step on your toes at some point. I promise you I'll take you off. And you know what people do today? We'll just, I'll just leave and go to another church. I I get it you know I've discovered if you ever thinking about hey I'd like to do church ministry the key to growing a church is reach more people than you offend that's the key (laughs) it's that simple that's why I figured it out that's all you got to do do you know how many things we've offended people over people are over are offended over the style of music uh, when we moved to this building in lithopolis uh, it was it was old it was dated it was we, we wanted to do something that was kind of just modern reach people today people got offended when we covered up our fake stained glass windows they weren't real they were fake but we covered them up some of you didn't even know that and now you're offended you're like oh my gosh why would you do that people people left our church because of it I, i'll give you another one um how many of you went to 1x last year at Brewdog? raise your hand if you went to 1x Yeah, it was hot. It was cool. It was exciting. We thought as a church, let's bring both of our campuses. Lancaster, you came and joined us. Let's be right next to our new building, a canal that's coming. Let's do something that maybe other people wouldn't do to reach some people. Do you know we had people who came to our church that would normally not go to church, but they said it would you're having it at a brewery? Like, that's, that's weird. Now, we didn't get drunk and we weren't all drinking. We had church at a brewery. I can't believe that they let us have church at their place. And people came who wouldn't normally go to church and gave their life to Christ. Guess what? Other people got mad, offended, and left the church. People are always offended. I think Christians might be the most offendable people on this planet. I- I'm serious. I did something last week I should have never done. I should have never done Um, I I I got this email. It was about one of our listings. It was an older listing. And I, I went and started to read reviews that people had left about our church. And I found that is not something you should ever do as a pastor. Now I will say this, a lot of you left reviews, and I think this was an older listing, and they were great. I mean, the majority of the reviews, but you know how it is in life when there's one negative comment or two, that's all you can see and think about. One person wrote, hey, uh, yeah, I went to church there, but it felt more like a concert than time with God. I was like, okay, okay, you're offended by the music. Then, then this one guy, this one guy left this review, and it boggled my mind because I wasn't quite sure how to take this. He said, I used to like going there, but, but now they're all into greed, And I thought, well, I don't get that. What do you mean we're into greed? Like when we talk about being generous and giving back to God the first fruits, because that's what God's word says. And then he says, you'll bless you. Do you mean that's greed? Because I didn't understand that completely. And so I did something you should never do, which is I dug further into his profile. And so I looked at Bruiser Dave. That was his profile, Bruiser Dave. Hey, he posted it publicly, so I can just say. I went into Bruiser Dave's profile, and you know what I found out? All Bruiser Dave ever did was post negative comments on every place he'd ever been. There were like 47 negative reviews that he left for every place. He left negative reviews for hotels, for restaurants, the place that fixed his car. He left a negative review about Arby's. Here's what he said. He said, it took forever to get my burger. I thought, that's what's wrong with you. Who goes to Arby's to get a hamburger? What I realize is that Bruiser Dave is always offended. And what I've realized today in our culture is that we are so easily offended. For as much as we talk about being a culture of love, we're so easily offended when Paul said that love does not get easily angered. And yet, can I just tell you that when it comes to relationships, if you are not in one... But you want to be in a love relationship someday. If you're in one. If you're married, can I tell you something that all of us that have been married have been in a relationship for any length of time? And that is that you will get angry and you will get offended. Am I speaking truth or what? Say amen if I'm right. Amen. You know it. You know it's true. You spend time with someone long enough, you will get angered and you will get offended. And if I could just tell you this this is the single greatest reason. Why our relationships do not survive is because we don't know how to deal with offense. That's why they don't make it. We don't know how to handle offense. And I want to talk about offenses today because, listen, it's part of love, according to Paul. Knowing how to handle offenses. Now, when I talk about offenses, I want to separate something because there there are levels to offenses in relationships. I want to say that, okay? Okay. and and i don't want to kind of minimize some really really deep hurts by just kind of making kind of light of it or talking about it there there are small little offenses you know the little bickering and then he said that and she said that and they kind of ticked me off and so i'm kind of mad there's that and then there's really really deep levels of offense where there's adultery where there's abuse where there's neglect can i just say um that, that i'm not really talking about those areas today okay they're part of it but but they're so complex and the wounds are so deep you it's like you you don't deal with a cut on your forearm and cancer the same way okay and, and so I'm talking about offenses but I I'm, I want to focus more today on, on what I consider small offenses we we are offended at small little things in relationships What what kind of things offend us well I have found that we are offended by things that people say right People say things. You're sitting down to dinner and and, and you look up and, and your spouse says to you, so how long were you supposed to cook this meal? That is probably going to start something. What did you put in this meatloaf, by the way? It must be really healthy for you. That is, like, have you ever noticed sometimes the little things that, that we say can can lead, and maybe it's unintentional, right? But it leads to an offense. I, I wasn't really intending to, uh, you know, uh, I, sometimes it's things we say sometimes it's things we don't say well, you didn't say I was pretty today I? I just went got my hair done and I was in the salon for three hours and I look completely different I'm not even the same person you can't, I can't believe you didn't even notice but you didn't even say anything about it okay I'm sorry you look different you look amazing you look better than I've ever seen you ever before but I thought it'd be offensive if I said that just because you got your hair done but I didn't know what to say and so sometimes you say the wrong things or you don't say anything and people are offended sometimes it's the things we do right Sometimes there's just the the little things that, you know, hey, you know, when you get ready in the morning, but then you leave all your stuff lying all over the counter and you never put it away and clean it up. It bothers me. I can't stand it. And so little pet peeves that kind of end up turning into bigger things. Sometimes it's the things we don't do. Well, you don't help out enough or you you come home too late or you never get up with the baby and you don't do this and you're not there enough. I have found one of the biggest things that really causes offenses in our relationships and in marriage is unmet expectations. Because here's what happens, we go into marriage or into a relationship, and we were raised one way, and they were raised one way, and so we view life, and we view spending money, and we view all these things differently, and so in your, like, your maybe your story was that birthdays were a really big day like like on your birthday your parents made a huge deal out of your birthday and they got you a little crown and a little sash and they put you on a chair and they hoisted you around the room and they provided meals and you didn't ever get up the whole entire day you sat on the couch you never once moved and they just brought you stuff all day long and your highness and they worshiped you on your birthday and then maybe you grew up and maybe your spouse grew up in a family where the birthdays were just like "Eh, it's another day and so your spouse comes to you on your first you know you're married and your first birthday that you have together and says hey got you a little something here Happy birthday and you're thinking that's it that's all you're you're not going to celebrate me you're not going to you're you're not going to and and all of a sudden you know now one's uh, well i guess i guess he doesn't love me and i guess i'm not that important to him and i guess he doesn't really care and i I guess i don't even know why we got married in the first place and i don't even know and and all of a sudden can can i just let's let's say let's be honest little small offenses that we don't deal with tend to become really big issues. That's why some of you, if you think back to maybe some fights that you've had, were over the dumbest thing ever. But but it wasn't that little thing. It was actually all of these little moments and little offenses that we did not deal with properly that all of a sudden turned into a big blow-up. That's the way most of the time it happens. And if we don't learn... To deal with offenses timely and in the right manner, it can ruin the whole thing. I love something that Song of Solomon uh, gives us. Let me, let me read this. It's uh, from the Solomon. He was one of the wisest men who ever lived. And he, and he wrote this book that when I was a kid was kind of like the only book of the Bible that was kind of inappropriate to read when I was a kid. And uh, and it was a Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15. Can I read this verse to you? This is something so profound that he says. He said, catch all the foxes, those little foxes. Now, can I just stop and say that was not a derogatory term about women? Like, oh, she's a fox. I should catch her." That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the actual little animals. Okay. So I'm just catch all the foxes, those little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grapevines of your love is blossoming. What is he saying? He's saying that there are little foxes. Little things that if you do not catch them, if you do not stop them, if you do not deal with them, they're going to pick at the vine. They're going to pick at the vine of your love, the little grapes they're going to take until they ruin the whole entire vineyard. In other words, here's this incredible wisdom. You can apply this, especially if you're married, that you need to deal with the small little offenses, the little foxes before he said they ruin the entire vineyard of love. Before they mess up your marriage, before they mess up your relationship, before they mount into something big and massive, and they cause wide-scale panic, and I don't know that we should ever have gotten married, and before we start saying things we regret, what i found is that in relationships, it's often real little offenses that turn into real big fights, That we often say things that we should have never said. It turns to name calling. It turns to really derogatory stuff. Really dirty type of fighting that leaves deep wounds in a relationship. And if we don't deal with offenses, let me tell you what what will happen. Is eventually what started out as oneness. We we learned about that in week one. That marriage is the death to ourselves. Love is death. And then we become one. And if we don't watch out, that oneness soon begins to divide. Listen, your relationship, if it has a lot of offenses, will start to bring a divide. A divide often leads to a divorce. Okay? Jesus said something so profound once. A lot of people think Abraham Lincoln was the one who made this up. But it wasn't. It was Jesus. Jesus said this, a house divided against itself will not stand. That's what he said in Matthew 12. A house divided against itself will not stand. Will not stand. In other words, that when, when you have in your relationship, a household in your marriage, in your, that when you get divided against yourself, it's a, it's over. The house will not survive. It will not stand. Can I tell you that love's ultimate goal is unity? That's what. That's why when you got married, the two become one love's ultimate goal is unity that's the plan can i tell you that you and i have a spiritual enemy and his goal is division god created us for relationship therefore his spiritual enemy and our spiritual enemy wants to do nothing more than to divide can i just tell you that is his primary goal in life it's to create division he wants to create division between us and god and between us and one another that's what he wants to do And what's so interesting about our spiritual enemy, Satan, and you go all the way back to the the narrative in Genesis, this was fascinating to me. I never realized how Satan, our spiritual enemy, doesn't even show up on the scene until after there's a marriage. He's not around until there's a marriage. And then he steps in to bring divide. Can I tell you why? Because Satan's battle plan is division and his weapon is offense. Satan's battle plan is division. Let me tell you what his greatest weapon is. It's offense. If he can get you offended. I know, justly. I I get it. I get it. You're rightfully offended. If he can get you not just offended, but to stay offended, what happens is he brings division. The house divided against itself will not make it. A marriage divided against itself will not stand. And so maybe that's why, and this is... Paul says as he's speaking about love, 1 Corinthians 13 5. He said, Love does not get easily angered. Can I ask you a question? Do you get angry easily? Do, do you just get mad at the first sign do you pop off? Do you lose your temper? Do you have a bad temper? I know I got a bad temper. I just have one. I lose it. They, one little thing, and all of a sudden I lose it. Can I just say that if you, have, if you have a bad temper and you have anger issues, can I just say either A, you have offenses that you haven't dealt with? Or B, you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience, or some say forbearance, which means I I need to learn to slow down, slow to get angry, and I'm patient. I'm going to deal with this, but I'm not going to lose my anger. Love does not get easily angered. And then here's what he said. Love does not keep record of wrongs. Now, that doesn't mean you won't be offended. That's not what he's saying. Because you will get offended and you will probably get angry. And you probably have some fights and you probably bicker and you'll probably and you're going to get upset. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is how you handle that offense is what really matters. In fact, I want to read to you this this verse and I want this to speak to us today as we look at our relationships Ephesians 4:26 and 27. Now Paul, the same guy who wrote that, wrote this instruction about dealing with our anger. He said this, "In your anger, do not sin." It, you can get angry, but it's our reaction. It's the words that come back. It's the way we behave that can determine whether it becomes sin. When I have to get back at you, when I'm going to, oh, okay, you said that. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to go now. All right, fine. Well, your mom. And let me talk about this. And, and that's when it gets bad. Your mama stuff does not work once you get married, by the way. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. He's saying, deal with it quickly. Deal with your anger, but not in a sinful way. And deal with your anger quickly. Here's why. Because if you don't, he says this, and do not give the devil a what? Everybody say it. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil some space. Why? Because your spiritual enemy, he wants to do what? He wants to divide. That's what he wants to do. I want to give us a mental picture of this. I feel like there's something we can. And, and so uh, I just wanted to ask a quick question, just real quick. Uh, are there any couples here that have been married for less than five years? Raise your hand if you've been married less than five years. Mr. Okay. Uh, any other any couples, how about less than two years? Would you two come up here real quick for a moment? Come on. Come on, Phil Amy. Will you guys come up here? Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Hey, listen, I'll get, I'll get Pastor Zach to get you guys a gift card just for coming up here. Come on, come on, come on. Now it's like, come on up here. Put your hands together. Come on. You guys, you look so good. Come on, come on, come on. Step over here. Come on, step over here. Phil and Aim, how long you guys been married? Uh, Just over a year and a half. Just over a year and a half, right? So you guys get really close together because you guys still (laughs) like each other. And they've been married for just over a year and a half, and so you know, love is in the air. I mean, love is love is good. It's blossoming. You know what I mean? The the vineyards of love and life are blossoming, and things are good, especially a year and a half in. And and it's great. But let me just tell you guys. Yes, hold hands. That is so good. That's perfect. <laughs> that is so, so good. And um, so so love is in the air. And it's great. And, and life is great. But let me just tell you what's going to happen. And, and maybe you guys have been around long enough to experience this. But eventually, like, he's going to do something that's going to anger you. I know, I know it hasn't happened yet because you've been married a year and a half. But eventually, he's going to, because, like, listen, like, one day... It's going to be a Friday, and, uh, you know, he's going to call up Amy, and he's going to be like, hey, honey. I don't know if we had plans tonight or anything, but the boys were asking me, like, hey, do you want to go and hang out? We're going to go to this game. We're going to go do this. And so I just, if we didn't have any plans, I just thought it'd be cool. I'd love to go hang out with them. Do you, do you mind? Do you have any? Was there, and, and so Amy, she really wants them to be happy, but Amy had plans in her head, even though they hadn't made plans, because this is what happens. And so she had plans. She thought, oh, it's Friday night. You're going to come home, and we're going to order a pizza, and we're going to stay in, and we're just going to watch Netflix and cuddle, maybe chill. We're going to, we're just going to do, it's going to be such a beautiful romantic evening just the two of us it's been a busy week right but she still loves him and she's like oh but i want to go and so he's like would it, would it be a problem like do you care if i go and and then she says back to him on the phone she's like yeah i, I guess that's fine <laughs> and he's like cool thanks hon see you when I get home now he, he's probably smart enough to know this but just in case you don't know this guys that whenever a woman says i'm fine what she's really saying is I'm not, fine. (laughs) And so now, she's kind of like all evening just sitting at home and she's kind of thinking to herself why, why why would he want to be with the boys when he could be with his wife like I don't even understand that our love is so why would he even want to do that and so now she's kind of like getting a little perturbed a little bit just a little bit perturbed and she's thinking to herself okay well if you like hanging with the boys then don't expect to come home to, you know and so when when <laughs> when she's like I'm gonna make sure that I'm in bed before he gets home and I'm gonna be really asleep I might hear him come, but I'm not gonna move a muscle because I don't want him to think I'm a I'm awake, and so when he crawls into bed, it's gonna be like, no, I'm turning the other way, and so she's a little bit, and then he's kind of wondering what's weird, and then he gets up the next day and there's a tension in the air, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of a tension. And and all the devil needs is just a see see, oneness is but. But a little tension and the devil just goes, oh, I just need a, I just need a foothold. I just, I just need to get, I just need to get right in between the two of them. And then the devil, here's what he'll do, because he will play on your offenses. And he will, he will start to kind of go, well, well, he doesn't really love me that much and. Well, I don't know why she's so cold. She said she was fine, and I don't understand why that. And then the next day, all of a sudden, what little thing turns into a big thing, and then all of a sudden they're having a fight because his mom always gets involved in their relationship and she won't butt out, and she always takes his side and it's not fair. And I don't understand. And all of a sudden it's getting a little bit colder and colder in the room, and they're getting further and further apart. And the devil is this is the space that Paul talks about. This this is space. And let me let me tell you what happens with a fence, okay? maybe we will write this thought down offense builds a fence in your relationship offense builds offense in your relationship stay, stay right there guys stay right there they, they don't they don't get it yet so I, i'm gonna help them i gotta help them i got i got you guys are my look offense builds offense in your relationship you, you know whenever you get offended all of a sudden, what happens is you, you, your fence, your guard get, goes up and, and you have an offense that you hold on to. And so what started out as a little bit of tension between the two of them, right? Like all, all of a sudden, it, it starts to get worse. And then let me just tell you what's going to happen, Phil, because I'm just, this, this happens, okay? I mean, not to me, but it happens to some people. <laughs> is that one, one day, like you're, you're going to be trying to get to church and you've got to get here by a certain amount of time and you all know when it's time to leave, but it's gonna be time to go, but you're gonna go back into the bathroom and it's gonna turn into a war because, you see, she had to wash her hair that night. It just so happened it fell on that because women only wash their hair every four days and her hair was really gross, and it was disgusting, that's what she would tell you, and there's too much oil, and all this stuff, and I don't get it, but, and she's got to wash her hair, and then the blow dryer's taking forever, and it's not working right, and she's just having one of those days, you know what I mean, one of those days, and you're like, but I know, but we gotta go, we're gonna be late, and you're like, just leave me alone, I can't get done, unless you leave me alone, I can get done a little quicker, and then you're mad about this, and then you're gonna go get in the car, and then every minute, on the minute, you're gonna honk your horn just to remind her that (laughs) she's not out there, and the whole time you're gonna stew while she can't. Get ready It's never happened to me before, but what I'm saying <laughs> is some of you, that's happened to, and so now you've got, there's some handles for you, now you, you've you got an offense. Because offense builds offense in your relationship. See, I know these things because they told me about it beforehand. I'm not talking about my mind, I'm talking about yours. And then, and then let me tell you about what else is going to happen. Because, um, let, me, let me tell you about this. Okay, because... Um, All of a sudden you should notice that like a couple days later uh, he's gonna come home he's got this really really exciting news he's like oh you're never gonna believe this day I had I mean it was so awesome uh, something I've been wanting I've been praying for for a really long time Uh, my buddy uh, who has this driver that I want for my golf clubs my set Uh, he bought a new one and he was like do you want to buy my old one and he sold it to me for half the price of a new one I had been asking I've been praying God I want this driver and all of a sudden it must have been a sign to be able to get this driver at half the price it was so aren't you excited look at this driver I got and I got it for a great deal It was only $150 and it's normally $300 but I got it for half the price and the only problem is is that the conversation they had three days before that when she wanted to buy a new pair of shoes for the gym because her shoes were falling apart And had a hole in it. he was like, honey, we don't really have the money because things are tight right now. (laughs) But apparently there's enough money for your new driver. And now all of a sudden, she's got an offense. He's got an offense. And she's got an offense. And offense builds a fence in your relationship. Now the two are supposed to be one. I said, so t- do me a favor, turn toward each other, right? Because you guys love each other. And I know you guys have offenses in your relationship, but you do really love each other. And so you need to come together and you need to work it out. So why don't you come together? Give each other a hug. Why don't you just give each other a hug? That's a, oh, wasn't that romantic? That was so beautiful. <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that beautiful? This, uh, th- see, the problem is, is that there's, there's space. As long as you're carrying the offense, there's space for the devil to work. And we'll let days, sometimes weeks go by. And then here's what we'll do. Finally, we'll get tired. I'm tired of dealing with the offense. And I'm I'm just, it's, here's what we say. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And so we bury it in this like emotional tank to kind of just, I I just got to, I can't, I got to be able to move on. I can't deal with this. And so we bury it and we think we're good. Can I just tell you something about offenses is that you never bury them. You just keep carrying them. You carry them into every conversation. You carry them into every situation. What happens is you thought, okay, I thought I was over it, but really I'm still carrying this fence in the relationship. And so you carry it to the next one and the next one, and you think, okay, well, if we just don't talk about it, and we just, I think it'll go away. It'll go away. After all, doesn't time heal all wounds? Mm, No. Can, Can I say this? Time doesn't heal wounds that haven't been treated. You get, in a, you get a cut, you think time will heal it? No, it'll become an infection if you don't deal with it. And the problem is, is we don't deal with offenses properly, and so we're carrying them. And after a while, carrying them, can I ask you a question? They get heavy. They get heavy, really heavy. <laughs> when you carry offenses in your relationship and in your life, it gets really heavy. It gets really heavy. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Let me take these. Would you put that one over there for me? I just want to. Let's just. I know they're getting heavy, and I just want to set this up so that you don't have to keep carrying this. This. They get really heavy. Come on, put your hands together for our wonderful couple. Thank you, guys. Hey, don't run far. I'm going to need you at the very end. At the very end, okay? Come on. Thank you, Phil and Amy. We carry our fences, and it creates the space for the devil to operate. And as long as you are, and many of you still have them, and you have these fences that you're carrying in your relationship that you never really dealt with, you, you never do. And here's why we hold on to them. We carry them. Is because what we're doing is we're building our case the reason why we, we don't want to let go of this is because I feel just because you hurt me I get it I get it I'm just telling you this is natural this is what we do you hurt me and so I, I just I'm gonna hold on to this and what we're doing is we're building a case like a good lawyer we're, we're putting together all the evidence Of how you've hurt me, and how you're you're mean to me, and how you don't care about me, and how you this is why our minds go crazy with little offenses, and we start to think really big things about our spouse or the person that we're with, and we're building a case like a good lawyer, so that we can eventually lock that person up, in the proverbial bars behind the proverbial bars of a relational prison. You're in jail. You know what we say today? We got nice words for it. We say, oh, oh yeah, he's in the doghouse. <laughs> she's on my list. <laughs> that list. I'm not even saying what kind of list. But she's on the list. Yet yeah, things aren't good. They're, and we've locked them up because of, they've offended us in this proverbial bars of relational prison. Can I ask you a question? Just What does every single person have who ends up locked up behind bars? A record they have a record when you offend you break the law the emotional the moral code of our relationship you have a record now what's interesting is paul says listen we're going to get anger but he said this love keeps no record of wrongs that's hard that's hard because a lot of us are carrying these these fences but here's can i just tell you your spiritual enemy that's what he wants you to do He wants you to hold on to the offense because it brings space for him to get in and and to work his magic because his battle plan is division and his greatest or most powerful weapon is offense. But can I tell you, how do we handle it? Let me tell you the way we handle it, okay? If the devil's greatest weapon is offense, can I tell you what love's greatest weapon is? Forgiveness your greatest weapon is forgiveness and i know we know that but why is it that it's so hard to forgive can we talk about forgiveness for a second see forgiveness is so hard for us to do because i feel justified because you said that and you did that and i i would agree with you but we've got this misconception about what forgiveness really is i've talked as a pastor i've talked to so many people who've been hurt and wounded They've been wounded by people in their past. They've been wounded by people. And when I say, hey, listen, I'm just going to pray that God gives you the grace. to I I just, I can't forgive that person. Hold hold on, Can can I just talk about this for a minute? First of all, forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things, okay? You can forgive somebody that you have no intention, depending on how deep the wound is, of ever being reconciled with them. You can forgive somebody that you don't trust. We often think, we've been conditioned... To think that forgiveness is dependent upon an apology. Well, they haven't come to me and Grovel. When he shows up and says, I'm sorry, I did all this. I, I, I should have never. When she comes up and says this, then I will. Can I just tell you that that is not forgiveness either? And the reason why we've been trained on this is because growing up, whenever we got into a fight with a friend or a fight with our brother or sister, our parents stepped in and they said, now you say you're sorry. Okay, now you say you forgive them. Now hug and make up. And so we're waiting for them to say, I'm sorry, and then I'm going to forgive. But can I just tell you that forgiveness is not about the offender, but it's about your heart? Forgiveness is not about them. Some people have hurt you, and I'm going to say deep wound have hurt you. Can I just tell you that forgiveness is, is not waiting for them to actually feel guilty about it? They may never feel guilty. Forgiveness that I'm talking about has nothing to do with them and has everything to do with you. Can I give you a definition of forgiveness in my mind? And it's this Forgiveness is giving up your right to make things right. Forgiveness is giving up your right to make things right. In other words, I want it fair. I want it. You hurt me, you deserve to be in prison. You did that to me, you deserve to be in jail. You did that to me, and, and we, we want fair, we want just. I understand all that. Here's what's so scary and why it's so hard to forgive is because forgiveness is saying, God, I'm giving up my right to get right, but I'm trusting you, God, to make it right. I'm trusting that God is just. This may be in your relationship with someone you love, it may be someone that's hurt you in your past. This applies. Forgiveness is saying, I'm giving up my right to get even. To get just and i'm trusting that you are good god now i I know can i just say i know it's a lot easier for me to preach this than it is for us to live it i want to just say that i know it's hard when you've been hurt i get it but if i could if i could just tell you what forgiveness does for you is it frees you up from a prison of bitterness it's not about them it's saying god and it doesn't when you forgive someone it doesn't mean that it's okay what they did to you i feel like i need to say that it's not okay what they did to you but you're saying god i trust you you're a good god you're a just god you'll take every situation what's happened to me and you'll use it for my good some way and your glory but god i'm trusting you with that person god and, and hey listen you might be, be honest with god you might be in place and god i'm gonna forgive them but you sick them i don't know <laughs> if that's real forgiveness or not i'm just saying be honest. Okay. And you say, in our relationship, how in the world can we do this? Here's, here's what I would say. I know this sounds really hard, but this is the way of love. Can I say that? This is what love looks like. Today we throw around the L word all the time. We're, oh, I love you. I, I love this person. I love you. And we throw around that word, and I feel like we've denigrated what it really is. This kind of love. And Paul says that love does not get easily angered and love does not keep record of wrongs. How in the world can we do that? Can I tell you how? We can do that only through the power of Jesus. We can do that only because there was one who came to this world because he loved you and me so desperately, Jesus. He lived a sinless life and then he gave his life for us on a cross. And I I want you to consider what Jesus said because they recorded his words at the site of the crucifixion where they're nailing him to a cross and these soldiers are brutally treating him. And Jesus said these words, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And most of the time when we read that in context, we think here he is offering forgiveness to people who are ending his life, who are nailing him to a tree. If I could just tell you something, though, when I, I think about what put Jesus on the cross it wasn't the soldiers it was my sin it was ours the reason why he came was because of my sin because I offend others the reason why he came was because your sin because you've hurt others and offended God and so maybe when Jesus is saying that it's not just about the soldiers but he's saying it about all of us too he's saying forgive them they don't understand what they've done and how they've hurt they don't understand and can i tell you this that until we get this right vertically until we understand and some of you maybe you never had faith faith in god faith in jesus that's fine I, i'm glad you're here but can i just say if you go this is impossible it's impossible horizontally until you understand it vertically until you understand what god has forgiven you for that you didn't deserve to be forgiven you will never have the empathy you will never have the power and the strength to forgive someone else. But this is the way of love. And then the greatest gift ever. Can I tell you the greatest gift that God has ever given us? It's mercy through forgiveness. The greatest gift ever. In fact, there's this passage in Hebrews 8:12 that is so. It speaks of what happens when we come and we surrender ourselves to God and we say, God, I want to get under your covering. When we say, God, forgive me. What he does in response is so crazy. Hebrews 8, 12 says this. It says, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins. How? Everybody say it out loud. No more. Can I ask you a question? What does it take for an all-knowing God. Forget something. What does it take for a God who knows everything from the beginning of everything? For, for a God who has infinite knowledge and wisdom, for a God who knows everything. What does it take for a God like that to remember something no more? Here's what it takes: He chooses to forget. It's a choice, it's a choice to forget. And if I could just speak like just boldly but lovingly for all of us in our relationships we are called to forgive because christ has forgiven us and some of you have said in your mind you're like well i forgive them well they didn't relate but I for, I for, i'll go, i'll forgive them now is the hard part yeah now's the hard part it's not just enough here's what we learned about love it's not just enough to forgive but we also have to choose to forget like how am i supposed to do that you have to with the power god's grace his power you say i'm gonna i'm not gonna keep a record of this anymore oh that's so hard to live out i know it is but can i just say something that's the way of love and so we're so quick to say i love you and i love you i love you with everything in me everything in me let's make sure we understand that is the way of love and something powerful happens through forgiveness so powerful. In fact, I want to show you. Can I? Can I get Phil, and Amy? Will you come up here one more time? Can you put your hands together for them? Just. <laughs> we you, you get on your space over there, Phil and Amy. Will you come over here because you guys are holding your offenses? You can leave the you can leave down there, but. You, you see. Offense builds offense, in your relationship. And and the devil will live in this space right here. And and this is where a house divided against itself will not stand. That's what happens. But I, I wanted to tell you about what a fence can be used for. Because I was thinking about how fences can divide and separate. I get that. Like some of you put up privacy fences on your property and you don't want your neighbor looking in. And, and, and fences do separate. But there's something else that fences do I wanted to show you. fences they they uh, they separate but fences also do something else they also protect fences also protect let me give you the good news in our relationships when we choose love and that is this love builds a fence around your relationship love builds a f- fence around and so all of a sudden now amy has it in her heart because of the grace that jesus has given her to say phil i love you so much that i'm going to put down my fence i'm going to i'm going to step over do you want to step over no you're not i'm not going to ask you to i'm going to go over i'm going to step over my fence and so she says i'm going to put down my fence and phil says you know what i'm going to love like christ loved and he died and gave himself for his bride and i'm going to do that and so you know what the fence that i've been holding i'm going to let go of I'm gonna drop it and so I'm gonna I'm gonna step over my offense and put them down and now all of a sudden what we discover is here's what love does what started out as a fence to divide here's the power of forgiveness here's the power of love is that love will build a fence around your relationship love will protect your relationship that's why paul said in first corinthians 13 7 about love he said it always protects that's what he said in first corinthians 13 7 always protects it always trusts, it always hopes and it always perseveres this is what love will do to your marriage when you choose the way of forgiveness and you let go of your offense all of a sudden now it becomes a protection around. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's put it together for our our lovely couple. Thank you, guys. You guys can be seated. I want you all, would you all stand to your feet with me? Would you all stand to your feet with me? Love always protects. I just, I want us to have a moment where we could just pray and we could just ask, ask God in this moment to be able to maybe touch our hearts, to give us maybe the grace and the strength to to believe the best and to choose not to keep record of wrongs if you just bow your heads and join with me in prayer god i thank you for lord this message that maybe we needed to hear lord i pray right now for every single couple every person in a relationship or if they're married here today god i pray that you would give us the grace god in response to your grace Give us the grace to let go of our offenses and to be united, to come together, because love's ultimate goal is unity. God, you created us for oneness. And if the devil can get space, get us to hold on to an offense, that God, that's the space where to work. And God, we just make a determination right now in unity. We make a decision to say we are not going to give the devil room. We are not giving the devil room in our relationships, and our marriages. God, the devil is not going to have space in this relationship. And Father, I pray right now for every single marriage, especially in our church, God, that has dealt with offenses and maybe offenses that have built up over time, that have, that have brought a division, have brought separation. God, I pray right now through the power of your spirit, God, for the grace to forgive, The grace to work it out. The grace, God, to begin to rebuild trust. The grace, God, to reconcile. The grace to come together. God, I pray that love would become a barrier. That love would become a fence around our relationships, God. That we would live with, God, the ultimate demonstration of love. That Jesus, you loved us so much that you gave your life for us. And so here we are today, God. Asking you to give us the power to choose the way of love. God, help us to love the way you love us. To operate in relationships. And God, I just pray for maybe really deep wounds. That God, you begin a process of healing through the step of forgiveness. Even today, as God may speak to you, and he may say, Hey, forgive that person that hurt you in the past. Forgive your spouse for this. Doesn't mean it makes it better. Doesn't mean it makes it go away. But it is a step toward maybe reconciliation or unity again. So God, give us the strength. All of us have to respond in a different way. So give us the strength to do that today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Come on, let's thank God for his love and his word today. (laughs) Amen. Hey, listen, before we leave this place, we're going to sing and just worship and I want us to reflect on a God who loved us so much that even when we did not deserve it, that Christ died for us, that he came to this place, to this world for you and for me, and that it was our sin that put him on the cross. And so as we sing this song about the love that God has for us, let's let it be the thing that sparks our love in response to each other. I'm let's sing.